0: Welcome to another issue of The Cool Tool Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is William Osman. William, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and
1: watchers? Hello, everybody. My name is William. I am uh, an engineer on paper and a a YouTuber by career. I always tell people when they ask me what I do, I always say engineer. I, I very rarely say the YouTuber part because that opens a whole can of worms. People, when you say YouTuber, they're like, they say oh no when you say engineer they just don't ask any questions because they're like and you prefer them not to ask questions well you know it depends because sometimes it's it's the type of questions that come when you say youtuber (laughs) they're always very curious and i i do you know i think i've get i've been building a little bit more courage to say it recently Um, where I'm like, you know what, what's the worst that can happen?
0: Is there a euphemism that doesn't isn't YouTuber? can you say I am a um video uh, said,
1: presenter? I'm uh, well, a, if I say online I video, they think or, that I make or, like adult entertainment, <laughs> so I, I, I say, uh, you know, that, well, people say influencer, but I don't like that. I say cringe, influencer. <laughs> um, <laughs> But engineer is the safe one YouTuber from feeling a little reckless and, you know, willing to have a conversation with somebody. But the first thing they always ask, you know, is like, how does that make money? And it's like, well, I don't really know, but it does." (laughs) I would definitely
0: hope to someday be able to say that introduce myself as a YouTuber. That would just make my day if I could do that.
1: I mean, it actually makes me really happy because I, I feel like it's been a bit of a, not like a huge pain point, but it's always a thing in the back of my head when I talk to people right, about right. it. Um,
0: as you might've heard that there's all kinds of young people today who want to grow up to be a YouTuber.
1: So yeah, like being an astronaut, why not go with it's it? Sort of, uh, I guess it's cool, but also a little bit, I mean, I don't know. People like to to smack talk that, um, which I think it does deserve a little bit of smack talking because I yeah. guess it's, what, what type of, you know, Youtuber influencer, do you want to sure. be? Yeah. And I think that uh, there's some that are much better than others,
0: right? I mean, but. you, I could get you could get me started and do my rant, but I think that YouTube is just the most underrated, underappreciated, undervalued thing ever that that, yeah. that we have not, as a culture, even registered how important it is, how how much of an accelerant it is for learning and just the culture at large. Mm-hmm. It's just immensely underappreciated. And anyway, I'm glad you're there. Um,
1: and I know today you have some tools you want to share with us. I do, yeah. Uh, so my dad stole one of them, so okay. I, I, I put it on the list. I was excited to show it, so I'll, I'll come up with something else. I got some stuff. Well, no, there. we can
0: talk about it. You don't have to show it. So, so oh, okay, okay. So, so what's what tell me
1: about one of your favorite tools? Okay, I tried to get a selection of tools because I think that you know, when I was younger, I would buy stuff from Are you familiar with Harbor Freight? Of course. I'm a big
0: big fan of Harbor Freight. It gets a lot of um, shade, but I think it's just so, so fantastic because my philosophy is in my little book about advice is start with the cheapest tool you can get and earn your way into a better tool. Because as you do that, you understand exactly what it was that you wanted. And so Harbor Freight is just a fantastic place to start.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I and when I was younger, I was you know always trying to build stuff and make things. So I would go to Harbor Freight. So I thought I would kind of do a a variety of tools from from cheap to expensive. Right. Um So a cheap one I have right here is a it's just a whisk. Uh, and okay. so for for the uh, the audio listeners, a whisk is like a piece of metal that you use to um, break things up <laughs> in right. the kitchen, right. but it's not a regular whisk. It's different because
0: this one has a little half circle hemisphere at the bottom and then coil around the
1: hemisphere. Um, So imagine like a, like a toroid maybe. Right. So it's like, instead of putting like an egg shape of a whisk into, you know, eggs or whatever to beat them, you put this like toroid looking like bent spring. So the spring is sort of in a a moon shape. But it's
0: made of just heavy gauge wire.
1: So that's all it is.
0: It's this wired bent into this shape.
1: Yeah, and it does a much better job of whisking things than what you normally expect from a whisk because it's, I don't know, I guess it's like the whole whisk gets submerged really easily. It's got a bunch more uh, like surface area of wire. And uh, this is, I think, probably one of my favorite uh, tools. And it's just a kitchen tool, it's not, a, it's not an actual garage. Sure. tool or anything And, like and that. does it
0: have a name? If, if we were someone to Google I, it or Amazon it, what would they be
1: like? If I, let's see, if I search for, I think Swedish whisk, my mom is Swedish. I'm, I used to be a Swedish citizen and, and this is one of the things that she's always had that I've never really seen. Um, so if I search Swedish whisk, Swedish whisk, um, for whiskey, that's not what I wanted. Um, And so uh, yeah, Swedish whisk. Okay. This is Swedish whisk. Yeah. And I, they're cheap. And uh, it's it's better than a normal whisk, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, it's it's and
0: why not? If you're gonna buy a whisk, why not buy one that's a little better? Yeah. Do you do you get a lot of
1: cooking tools from people?
0: Well, yeah. So 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 kitchen tools is the the the, the thing you're always working against with kitchen tools is is single use kitchen tools, mm. right? And and occasionally you'll have a single use kitchen tool that's worth having. Like you know, an apple peeler, in my opinion, yeah. the core that cuts them up into little pieces. This is like, yeah, I got one of those. Yeah, that's worth w- one of that. But um, this a whisk you can use is pretty general purpose. There's tons of ways you could use a whisk.
1: Yeah, it's 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 great for sauces too because it's low profile and you get the whole whisk in there instead of just the the tip of the whisk. Uh, do you have you ever? consider doing a, like a, not cool tools, but like drool tools. Like what's the opposite of cool tools where (laughs) you talk about those single use machines. Can I, can I share one of my single use machines? Yeah, Yes, please. What's another tool? I'm going to, I'll go grab it really quick. Uh, You, you keep people entertained for like 30 seconds. Okay. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So in
0: case you don't know who William Osman is, he's being very modest because he's one of the biggest YouTubers there is in the world. And um you should really check out his show, which will be linked down in the show notes somewhere. Um so he's an old hand at being on the other side of the camera and making stuff. Here he is
1: back. I got it. I said only nice things about you while you were gone. Oh, perfect. So when I first bought one of these. Um, I'll reveal it in a second when I was up in, in San Jose visiting a friend. We we're going to Maker fair and we were uh, we were just hanging out before, and went to the thrift store, and I bought a, a pasta maker <laughs> for like a couple of dollars at the thrift store. That was a really good deal. Then, long story short, uh, like a year later, my house burned down, and um, so we lost the pasta maker, but. We Bought a new one a couple of years ago, so this is in brand new in the box. A in, It's a pasta maker, it looks like um, like two rollers and a like, handle. A, like a ringer,
0: like a ringer, an old style washing machine.
1: Yeah, yeah, like that, or kind of like one of those old meat grinders with the handle, like a crank handle. So, you like you make your dough, you um, put it into the rollers, you crank the handle, it like flattens it into a sheet, and then you put it into a different roller and it cuts it into. Noodle shapes. But we've never used this. And it just takes up space in the kitchen. And uh-huh. this is the replacement one. Like, I feel the the $5 one at the thrift store was a good deal. Is it cool any drool? different? Was it the, no, same it's one? the same thing? It's the same thing, but we never use it. So, the, did you use the $5 one? I used it once or twice. And I think that was still kind of a drool tool because. You know, you're not using it. I mean, really, how often do you need to use it for two right. right. Worth so so
0: tickets? so so this is anti recommendation. You're saying yeah. you don't really need this. You don't need this, yeah. Okay.
1: Unless you get it for five dollars, then I would say go for it. But if you're <laughs> if you're buying it on Amazon, don't don't buy it. Unless you're, I don't know, Italian or something and make pasta all the time. I feel like if you you don't need me to tell you if somebody wants to buy it, say no. They know that they need it. They already have one. If you don't already have one, don't buy one. <laughs> <laughs> well, give it away. Yeah, I just um, use a knife and a, like a hammer, I guess, to flatten and cut yeah, the noodles.
0: Yeah, no, the they're, they're single-use tools, um, uh, and, and this, go, going to our earlier conversation, is another reason why, as like you say, you want to buy things really, really cheaply at first, you want to buy things at garage sales to try them out, you want to borrow things, I'm a big believer in borrowing. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're thinking of getting something that's complicated or whatever, try to borrow one first or rent one, mm-hmm. and you'll get a better idea of, like, whether this is really going to be useful. So, yeah.
1: so tell us another cool tools that um you are in love with. All right. So just uh we're we're recently been putting on um organizing this event, this maker event, and we went up to San Francisco to Pier 35 to check out the venue. And one of the things that I knew I needed to do was to measure things, mm. but it's like 600, 700 feet deep, right, and like a hundred a couple hundred feet wide and I'm like, how do I measure something that's that big? And, you know, you can always use a rolly wheel, but the problem with the rolly wheel, right. You know, it's like a, like a handle, almost like a cane with a wheel on the bottom where you push right, it, well, the there's a, there's it like a bicycle
0: up. wheel that was on a stick and it's counting
1: the revolutions and calculating the, the, right. Yeah. Uh, the problem with that is that you have to walk the distance. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to measure 600 feet twice, <laughs> It's is too long to walk. That's almost like half a mile. Exactly. That's I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in a chair all day. I'm not about walking. That's <laughs> so what I bought. This is actually probably one of the nicer things I bought recently, but I did refrain. Is this, uh, is it like, how do you say it? Like uh-huh. right? a uh, laser range finder. So it's like a laser tape measure. Uh, it was $250, but you can measure up to 500 feet indoor with this thing it's like it's like the size of a like oh god what size is this what would you call this like a tv remote yeah tv remote like a thick tv remote but mm-hmm. all yeah like a little shorter um and it's got a, a button on it that measures it's got a bunch of different settings you can change i don't know if you can right you can exactly that's interesting at all to anybody right. and when you search a laser rangefinder the ones that come back are like the the dewalt or um uh, Bosch. Yeah. And those would go like 150 feet. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like looking, I'm like, God, it's got to be something that goes longer. It took me a while to find it, but this is like the Leica one is great, but it's not the one that comes back with a Google search. So you can measure heights with it too. So you can point low and then point high. And it will measure the distance from the bottom point to the top point and the angle and it'll tell you the height of it oh, too oh
0: whoa whoa wait 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 so you do two readings you 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 take a point low and you take a point point high, and it'll measure the actual height the yes because it knows the angle so wow it'll know and well, it'll the, dist- tell you
1: the distance between the points
0: basically. right right so you so first it has to determine the distance and then it and yeah. then it tells you okay wow. wow so it does triangulation that uh-huh. is really
1: awesome and you can change it so that it measures from the back of the the unit or the front of the unit it's like and it was like two hundred and fifty bucks on amazon it's i'm i it's really cool right so so yeah using um
0: laser measures's been a as you said it's been around for a while, but they're new normally like a room size thing it's yeah contractors or interior decorators walking into a house wanting to get the measurements of a room really fast. And they're very, very accurate for those smaller sizes. You're right. I've never heard of one that goes 500 feet. That's amazing. I think
1: I have one that go farther too, but they're those are starting to get like
0: 500. Well, could, a you could dollars You can use it for um, one of the big things that um, is always a problem with um, the tallest tree in the world is measuring things like the height of a tree. I would yeah. imagine now. Yeah, I had to do that like yeah. – a couple of months
1: ago. And I'm like, I was sitting and looking at this tree. I'm like, how tall is that? So I, I pulled my drone out and I like flew the drone up to what I thought was the top of the tree using the camera. And then that's how I measured it. And then I ended up, you know, buying an actual <laughs> height measuring thing. And how tall was the tree? I was like 88 feet or something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. And I, had to trim I have, it. A, I have it right 20. out here. I have a 120 foot tree. Oh my God. Yeah, that
0: it's way too close to the house. I mean, I can almost touch it. So yeah,
1: just don't trim it though; it'll be too expensive. Just let it fall in the house.
0: No, no, no. We keep you trimming every two. Okay. Years. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so anyway, so this Leica is uh, the the laser measurer, and it gives you to read. Does it also have like a memory where you can kind of
1: like? yeah it'll store up. I store. think so many readings or something right. like that yeah it's really nice like i I was impressed because a lot of times you buy stuff and you it's got like a digital screen and whatnot right, every right, time it right. was a digital screen you know I, I always feel sure. like ah, oh, it's gonna be kind of garbage. It's really good. I'm super impressed like it's a little confusing, but the menu is is pretty nice once you figure out what the logos are and whatnot right the, there's only a couple buttons something else that's very related
0: and a separate cool tool that I actually eventually got because of a project I was working on, which was a laser level. Yes. Um, They are amazing and oftentimes really the only thing that will do the job. I laid a model railway right at the perimeter of my studio, and it was spanning areas that had no references, and it was just really the only way that I could get level track was to put up the lines of a laser level, and it's – Fantastic!
1: Uh, It's really hard to imagine how you could do it any other way. I actually, I have no idea what they did before, like a laser. It's probably still with some sort of optical system, but they would have to do it by hand, maybe.
0: Yeah. Well, they had strings and string. Oh, god! Levels. So, so yeah. So, um, and they're not too expensive, and they're very, very versatile. And you'll probably use them more than you think because they also, when they're doing a
1: level, they can also do verticals as well. Mm, Yeah. The yeah. I bought a rotary one um, to do a, a plumbing system on a grade. It worked really well. You can't yeah. see the laser, but it has a little detector and you put it on a stick and you move it up and oh, down until so it beeps.
0: Yeah, that's an alternative method. I have one that has a green green lines because it's a green laser. So it's easy so, to see. Yeah, it's easy to see. So William, how
1: about another cool tool that um, you're wanting to share with us? Okay, so the, the cool tool that I want to share that my dad stole is a portable bandsaw. <gasps> oh, yes. I don't know if this is someone else's favorite tool. It's like I don't use it that much. This is Adam Savage's favorite tool. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, I feel I'm in good company then. It is a portable bandsaw. It's literally a bandsaw, but shrunk down to the size of a um, a cat. Like or day,
0: it's like a day pack, I would say, or day
1: pack or so, or something. Yeah, it's mine's like more than a foot. It's like maybe like sixteen inches yeah. uh-huh. tall and like six right, inches right. wide, maybe. I'm sorry, right, And so it's just so so, so, so it's yeah, it's
0: it's it's sort of uh, something that's at the larger size that you can handle, and, and and there's two kind of round ends to it where the band's yeah. circulating, and and then the um, there's a handle. And yeah, it's like a chainsaw they, kind of. It's like a chainsaw, and they do make um, cordless versions of them. That's what I have. Yeah, cordless version of them, and um, the the beauty of them is they'll cut through just about anything, including metal.
1: Yeah, like there's something really horrible about looking at like a piece of pipe sticking out of something, and you're like yeah. the only way to cut this is with what uh, a sawzall, right? Like there's so, what it's,
0: it's reciprocating saw back and forth. And 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 they kind of, they're jerky. Yeah, and they
1: like jat like jitter, so right. everything they're will jitter, like... Harder
0: maneuver, and they're good kind of for a rough cut, but but the portable bandsaw will make a very clean cut. Yeah. Um,
1: it's hard to get it perfectly straight, but it right. won't shake everything like a right, saw saw right. will. Right. Like, there's and, something so nice about a portable bandsaw. It's almost like a torch. Right.
0: Yeah, you can cut almost anything with it. So here's the thing, there's a whole little movement, and I am among them buy the cheapest portable bandsaw which is a harbor freight version mm-hmm. or like on sale for like 90 dollars and it's not the it's not the um, it's, it's corded it's not yeah, the cordless. cordless version and you turn it into you put you make a stand for it in your shop and it becomes a no longer a portable bandsaw it becomes a bandsaw. Like a mini a bandsaw, bandsaw. they can cut metal. And it's the tool that I use the most in my shop, more than my bandsaw. I mean, more than my table saw, more than my drill press is I use my little bit, my little Harbor freight portable bandsaw that I turned into a little stand. I made a stand for it and I use that to cut everything.
1: That's do you, do you ever take it off? No. So it's just like you turn it from a portable tool into just a right, mini bandsaw right. Cause nobody really sells a tiny bandsaw. Right. Well, no, they don't. But
0: they, but actually, they do sell little stands for these, like the Dewalt one, to turn it into. It's a thing now. It's like a perfectly functional bandsaw. It's a perfectly functional bandsaw for it, ninety dollars, right? it. yeah. And so it's I make like, a little, I make a little stand. There's all kinds of. I made a YouTube tutorial how to do it, so I can yeah. link to my tutorial about how to yeah, turn yeah. Harbor Freight into a little um, bandsaw, and it's really fantastic. I want
1: a little tabletop one because I don't have the room every time I buy well,
0: something. That's what it is. That's what it is. You buy this Harbor Freight for 90 bucks, and I'll show you. I have a YouTube channel. I'll show you how to do this. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I need this in my life. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's it's the best thing, and I use it to cut plastic, wood, metal, anything that needs to be cut. It's right there. It
1: down? It's what? It's bolted to a table?
0: No, it, it's thin. It's, I, make, I make a little stand for it. It's built okay. So, so it's sitting right there. It's always on. Um, and um, some people add a foot pedal, which is even nicer. It's oh, awesome. And there you go. You have for $90, you have a perfectly serviceable, you know, six inch, whatever the throat is, a bandsaw. Nice. I need that. And yeah, it it's, not, that. it's portable, but you know, um, you leave it attached. For me, I, I, I use it. I, I'd get another portable one if I, um, if I needed it. I have, um, by the way, this whole movement to cordless is just fantastic. If you want something really great, get the cordless angle grinder. Ah. Uh... Oh my gosh. It's like, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect because you can take it on. You, know, you go, you buy some rebar, you a rebar, you know, comes in 18 foot,
1: whatever it is. got to cut it. You've got your portable grinder right there. It's just so great. I've been buying a bunch of uh, the Dewalt cordless. I got yes. I got sucked into the Dewalt system I mean, I'm the DeWalt I,
0: system, too. So I they relabel
1: it to everything says D's nuts. So instead of Dewalt <laughs> and I, 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 they don't get any free advertising. Yeah. Um, and one of the things i bought was this i don't have it with me here uh the electric trimmer so it's like a it's like a pruner i saw that one. I, I it was too dangerous i just didn't it's even want to have it in my house
0: it would just take off somebody's accident yeah. some kid can get it would just take off your finger instantly
1: i leave the cover and it probably should i probably should leave it locked up it's it's literally just a, a, like a trimmer Locker. like a, like the the stubby oh, garden trimmer but it's just it just
0: to me it was more looked more dangerous than a chainsaw it was like this. Yeah.
1: like i cut through a wooden stake you know like the like the um perimeter stakes that you yeah, tie yeah. string around yeah. you know it's like you're talking like a half inch thick and like maybe an inch and a half it cut through it went like 1 2 <laughs> yeah. it cut through a, a piece of wood yeah. yeah no i i was just
0: i thought this is cool but but this is just way too dangerous to have in in, in my household
1: yeah uh, that's a good call. I, I I don't regret buying it, but I <laughs> every time I look at it, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly. That was it. like I'm just afraid to even be around it. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the one thing I. Yeah. Um. So
1: okay. So um, your third. Or we're at my the third, third tool. Third cool In, tool. My third cool tool. I can see if I can show pictures of instead, or can you put pictures over? I'll put pictures up later on if we have to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This one is a early two thousands happy Japanese, the company name happy embroidery machine. It's an industrial embroidery (gasps) machine. I bought on Facebook marketplace. They brand new will cost between like 10 and $20,000. I got this thing for, I paid too much for it. I paid 6,000. Okay. So, I like it. I like old tools because you can pretty much sell them immediately for what you bought them for. <laughs> if you don't like it, if you don't like it, and so that's why yeah. I'm like, okay, I can. I feel okay doing this. Uh, we also sell, you know, for the um, the online entertainment, like the YouTube stuff. We sell merch, and so it's it's nice to be able to like prototype designs for for selling
0: T-shirts. So 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 just so describe what
1: it is. So you have this. Is it like you say a quilting machine
0: or what is it? What is it's it? It's a, a
1: embroidery machine. So it, Embroider it's a sewing, machine. It's like 15 sewing machines combined into a single machine. Okay. So there's one driver motor, but the needles move. So like it has this whole array of needles that it switches, it like moves back and forth to switch between thread colours. Um and then it's it's like a big sewing machine. I don't know, it's hard to describe it. what does it look like? It's like maybe the size of like a um oh my god, my size references are really bad. Uh what is it the size of? It's like okay, let me, I'm just got to tape measure right here. I'm just gonna it's like maybe like 30 inches wide and like 30 inches deep. It it's okay. like a big heavy machine. Like card
0: table, size size of a card table.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe a little smaller than that. Okay. Um man, it's like a Maybe like a yeah. coffee table cut in half or right right something like that. Um, and it you, you put t-shirts into a hoop it's called. It's like two pieces of material that like kind of snap together with the t-shirt getting stuck in between the edges that are snapping together. and then you, you connect that into the machine. it snaps in place. There's a bobbin on the bottom, and then there's 15 threads on top that are all threaded into each needle. And they're all different colors is that they're the all idea? different colors right and then you take a design which is just you know a, a picture or graphic or whatever and then you bring it into a software called a digitizer so there's a couple of tools required um and then you spend you know a few hours like it's like 3d printing sort of for anybody who's familiar right. with 3d printing is you take your model you don't put it on a 3d printer you put it into the slicer right. and then in the slicer you decide how you want the machine to actually trace the paths, right? and so you do the same with the embroidery machine, you take your art, and it's like, well, how do you want the threads? Do you want it to go horizontal? Do you want it to do patterns? Do you want it to do an outline? Do you want it to do, so there's a bunch of settings you can do, and it's kind of like a plotter a little bit, where there's like sort of mathematical ways of doing things, so you can change all the settings, and you can't can't actually do any math, which is kind of a little lame, but uh, it's all pre-done, so you can just change parameters, and I've had so much fun with that machine i've made so many things that i wouldn't have been able to make otherwise and then once we have a design file we can send it to a shop and then they'll make the the back oh i see so
0: you don't do a production level this is just your new product
1: yeah. i did it once i made 100 <laughs> a hundred hats with a little embroidery of I, it's, this uh-huh. is gross but i I don't, I don't know where this is my my brain has been ruined by the internet but um we made hats that i had an embroidered like a butthole on uh-huh <laughs> I could see that with the threads. It would just be perfect, right? Yeah. So we did a, a, I did 100 of those, and it took me eight hours. <laughs> it was a lot more than I realized, you know, because there's yeah. a little a special mechanism that the hat snaps into, uh, and you have uh, like, two two of them. I think, yeah, so when that when one is on, I take the other one off and put a new hat on it. And I then see. when it's done two minutes later, I take it off, put the next hat on, and then you have to um, – right. So the embroidery machine, though, has been a really fun way to explore – you know, manufacturing design. Do you, do you recall what the
0: name or the brand of the machine is? It's like an HDC
1: 15. And, and the brand is happy. H a P P I or H yeah, a Y just spelled normally happy. And it's like yeah. a Japanese or a is Japanese it... company. Yeah. We were in Japan last August and I tried to visit them, but they, they said no. <laughs> really? Yeah. Sad. Wow. Um, so, uh, but there are probably other versions, maybe even some... There's ch- other versions. There's cheaper versions. Um, when I bought this, it wasn't working super well, and I had no idea it was wrong. So I spent about two weeks, and I, like, found the manuals and everything. And I, it turns out the, the encoder had shifted on the, the shaft a little bit, and so I just had to readjust the encoder disk, and then it was properly aligned. Because, uh-huh. like, the machine does certain things, depending on where it is in its cycle, like a sewing machine. Um but you can buy newer ones that will just work, but they're pretty expensive. You can buy smaller ones. Actually, that's the right answer. If anybody's interested in embroidery, you can buy like a smaller machine, like a single needle machine for like less than $1,000. And then you can just manually switch the color. So it takes more time. And they're usually a smaller footprint, but it's a way, way, way lower entry cost. Right, right. But then you can learn a bunch about how it works, which is what I like to do is like, how does this work? Because then you can make better decisions when doing a garment. Like if you if you want to make a t-shirt um the design on it and you you make your design you send it to a shop someone is just doing the digitizing for you because it's hard and then they're sticking on the machine and making it and so you're not really thinking about like what's like what's the right way to do this it's like with 3d printing you normally try to avoid anything that requires an overhang right right because the printers can't print over nothing and so it's all you know the whole the whole process of dealing with that and it's the same i think for other manufacturing processes where it's like you can design better once you know how it works right and you can make things look cooler and you can be more efficient with it right right
0: yeah no that's really great and i I mean i think even advanced sewing machines offer some kind of an embroidery function Mm -hmm. in a very limited
1: way where there would be a a start in that direction right right yeah you could get used to i'm i'm a huge fan of actually used to be craigslist but now it's facebook marketplace that's where it's at so why did that shift what what was what was the big shift in from craigslist to uh, facebook marketplace i think facebook marketplace is just more accessible like so many people use facebook um facebook be damned but it's more like it's easier to get it on facebook than it is on craigslist like if i had to tell my wife like she she helped me list something the other day because i was busy so I i dragged the stuff out front i was like can you put this on um Facebook Marketplace. Her trying to figure out Craigslist would have been way harder than her just throwing out a Facebook Marketplace.
0: Because Craigslist hasn't changed any
1: in, yeah. in 100 years. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same, but it's like, it's a little archaic because you have to, it's like all emails and uh-huh. it's a little bit like, uh, it's also super spammy. Oh, we're really? doing duplicate posts. Yeah, there's a lot of duplicate uh-huh. posts where people uh-huh. will like, because it won't pop up. So they'll keep submitting it. And then Spam is so bad. Like it's so difficult to search for certain things without, like, you know, cars showing up or okay. like rentals are really bad. It's flooded with um, okay. like agents. Facebook has seems to solve that problem. It mm, it's better than Craigslist. And honestly, though, I would say the reason that Facebook Marketplace is is more valuable to me is there are just more posts. Right. I normally go. For, I normally do Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, then eBay. Okay ebay's for the weird stuff yeah ebay's like, for the really esoteric stuff yeah like i just bought a an arcade machine that we're going to take right, uh, like right. a, a coin pusher machine that we're going to take up to the this the stem event we're doing um and that i don't know where you would find something like that other than right well i i, I use ebay for like finding materials like weird
0: compounds or just like mm. like, or just material stuff yeah
1: what kind of stuff like
0: Recently. Like if if you wanted a certain kind of uh, plastic, mirrored a mirrored film, mm. or if you wanted um, you're doing some electro electroplating and you want to buy you know ferric sulfate or something, mm. eBay is really the place. Even better right. than, than than Amazon
1: because they'll have they are kind of weird people like ears. that are selling yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. yeah, Amazon's too corporate. I bought I bought like sulfur on eBay when I was a kid, and iron powder for making yeah, thermite. Thermite, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. where else? Where do you buy iron powder? It's like eBay, like, of course. It's, <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> like Silk Road for chemicals. Powdered aluminum, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like where do you where do you buy powdered aluminum? Like yeah. eBay. I don't know. I don't know. I literally don't know where else to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, this is really great. Okay, so um, do you have a, f- a last tool Can we There is a last tool. Okay. I feel bad that I can't show anything, but it is. Probably, I would say, one of the most bang for my buck expensive purchases I've ever made in my life. It was $11,000. So this is like prepping people for something very, I don't know, extreme. It's a 1989 Ford 445D uh, tractor. Uh, so it's got it's a front loader it's got the bucket I actually don't know any tra- tractor terms it's got a bucket on the front uh-huh. it's got a box scraper on the back it has no PTO so it's literally just like a little like farm tractor and that thing has saved me so much grief I have used it to like move like thousands of pounds of wood chips around I've used it to uh grade a parking lot I used it to um, clear a space for a party. I used it to fix a fence. I just lifted a fence post up. I used it to scoop stuff to move trash into a dumpster. Like uh-huh. that thing has probably saved like three of my vertebrae. Yeah. Could you, could you put like a forklift? Front I of- built forks for it. <laughs> <laughs> it has these hooks. That's the first thing I would think. That's of. the first thing I did. That is, that is exactly <laughs> the first thing I did. So it has like these, like, like a half inch or, yeah maybe half inch like hooks welded to the to the scoop to the bucket yeah and i um went and bought a piece of round bar from the scrapyard i bought some uh flat thick thick flat bar from the from the scrapyard and then i went on craigslist i think it was craigslist or maybe it was marketplace so i can't remember and i bought two forklift forks and then i i used my arc welder and I think like seventy sixteen or seventy seventeen whatever that whatever the uh deep penetration steel rods are mm-hmm. from harbor freight yeah. um to spend like hours and hours welding together a bracket to connect uh the fork the Craigslist forks to the tractor, and wow. that has been so useful yeah. to have like an a really crappy off road forklift yeah. You gotta be careful though. When you lift up, it like things tilt because it's not parallel or perpendicular. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: What a find! So this again, this was like a say say the
1: tractor model again. It was what a Ford four four five D, and I think that was Facebook Marketplace. Like what? What year was that? Nineteen eighty nine is when this one was from.
0: Okay, so it's within living memory. It's not like a. 1950s or something because, no, they,
1: uh, because there's, there's a big market in those old tractors. Uh, yeah, the, it's, I think it's more, it's modern enough that it's not like problematic, if that makes any uh-huh. sense. Do you think uh,
0: that that $11,000, was that like a bargain or was that kind of like a pretty, pretty standard uh,
1: market I th- value? I think it may have been a bargain. I think it was a bargain. Okay. Yeah, I think he could have asked for more and I think I easily could have paid more I got, I got a really big tractor, but not too big for the price of like a smaller tractor that was like newer. Um, So I think I got a pretty good deal and it hasn't cost me any money yet. Uh The, I bought an excavator. That one was not as good of a value. (laughs) So you have, (laughs) have,
0: it sounds like you have some property though that you have to. Yeah. Also, but I also, am just an idiot. Well, okay. That's a good combination. Yeah. If you're gonna be an idiot. You might as well have some
1: property. To, to, yeah, exactly. To dilute it a little bit. The tractor I needed, the excavator. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: um, yeah, I I, I I would love to have a pallet loader. That would be so so great. Um, and I don't have property. Well, you know, we have a household here, but I live right. close to San Francisco. It's less work, though, honestly. Yes, I know. It's I, I always think of property as responsibility. That yeah, you know that I've learned that over my old age. It's like someone tells me they have some amount of acreage. I immediately turn it into work. like how much work and yeah. responsibility that is. That's like I, that, I have to do much
1: to do a fire abatement right now, and then exactly. so I don't, yeah, I think I'd be panicking without the the tractor. I mean, I'm trying to fix the excavator right now because the manifold was leaking yeah. so that I can pull the logs out of the out of everywhere that we trimmed off the eucalyptus trees because yeah. they're too heavy to move. They're like, they're you know, hundreds or if not thousands of pounds, these huge, huge, huge logs. Yeah. And I'm like, I, what, I, I have to trim this or I'll get a fine from the county. Oh, really? Yeah. are fire, uh, SoCal. I see. Okay. They got really strict with it after all the fires, which makes sense. I mean, we did lose our yeah. place like six years ago or whatever now.
0: Sure. Yeah, we're up against the National Recreation Area, and it would be disastrous. Um, so, okay, well, this is really fantastic. So, William, um, we have a few minutes uh, to – you can share about your current passion project or a mission, okay. something that you really are uh, interested in. So tell us about it.
1: Uh, all right, great. I am. I, this is perfect for me because I've been doing something that I, um, I don't know if it's the greatest thing I've ever done or the worst thing I've ever done because <laughs> it turned to a lot more work than I realized it is a stem event in San Francisco in July called Open Source is what I have spent the past 6 months of my life developing and organizing. It is basically meant to replace the the sort of void that Maker Fair not happening anymore in the Bay Area left. Like that to me is sad I miss going. It was one of my favorite events of the year mm-hmm. and not having done it since 2019 makes me feel like my bones are hollowing out and then crumbling into dust. Um, you know, what's the point of doing anything if you can't share it and, and you know, <laughs> right, right. get shared with by other people. So, you know, we've been laying out this venue. We've been organizing exhibitors. We've been working with, you know, the, the largest YouTubers on the internet to come and just share their maker experience with, at a fair, I I don't know how to explain it. It's like a county fair mixed with a science fair, and then you put it inside Bill Nye the Science guy like a martini shaker and shake mm-hmm. it up. Um, and I've been like the past week I've been building out the venue and the entire event in VR with my Quest Two, um, basically trying to get a, a vibe of how it feels and where to put things and what the spacing needs to be and whatnot. So we're working really hard to create a fun experience for, I say, makers—people who like making things, engineers, um, anyone who's just into science and engineering. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And
0: so, so there you have this really big space. We were talking about earlier, yeah. six hundred feet by whatever it is, two hundred feet. And so, um, it's kind of like a blank, empty.
1: Yeah, it's theater. mostly empty. There's a lot of pillars. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Those have been causing me pain. Yeah, but the idea is you're going to fill it with people who have, like, booths or tables. Yeah. and so There's 150 exhibitors. So there's people bringing projects ranging from this lady who made a uh, a giant Furby costume. So that's <laughs> sort of, like, just cool, but, yeah. like, in makery, but, like, not super engineering. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's, like, making stuff, it's all sure. kind of the same. Um, but I, like, I love that stuff. Then there's... um some YouTube channels that are exhibiting. Like one is a uh, Quint builds who has this knife throwing machine that he built. Mm-hmm. Um, there uh, I think, I think I could say arc attack is going to be there, mm-hmm. which is like musical Tesla coils. Like they they have a 30 foot coil, but we can't fit it in the building because it would touch. It would, uh, well, it wouldn't touch the ceiling, but it would arc to the ceiling. Yeah. Um, battle bots is going to be there. Okay. So there's going to be like 20 battle bots. Maybe. Are you, gonna, like are you set, setting up a battle? a competition so, area was not a- for battle bots before combat robotics so there okay. will be an organization i got yelled at for sharing their name i think i can it'll be three weeks you said so i think uh-huh. i can say their name now and nhrl okay it's a east coast robot Combat league they're like okay. trying to you know turn combat robotics a small scale into like a, an esport. um it's really good really entertaining really accessible too battle bots can be crazy expensive and so that's a little bit um it's cool to see the battle bots because they're like 250 pounds. Yeah. But for general combat robotics, I think NHRL is like, okay, you know, the most successful. So there'll be a competition there at OpenSauce run by NHRL. Um, there'll be a main stage with YouTubers like Mark Rober, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a special guest, Adam Savage is going to do a talk that on Sunday cool. of cool. the event. So I haven't said that publicly. I kind of, I kind of like surprises. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> but I'm really grateful that he was willing to do that. And uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe, but it's just going to be that thing where you have friends who make things and you like hanging out with each other and showing each other the weird crap you built. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was a lot. with maker affair.
0: And and you always, I, I would go and I'd always learn five amazing
1: things from just walking around and meeting yeah. stuff that I had no idea. So many ideas. Yeah. Like nobody says no to an idea. Like, I think that to me is like the spirit of what I try to do and what Maker Faire always was to me and what I want open source to be is it's like you did all the ideas you weren't supposed to do, where it's like, it's not profitable. It's not good. It's not, you know, correct. It's just an intrusive thought you had. And you're like, what if I did this? And then you follow through with it and you learn new skills and you can, you know, inspire people and give them ideas. Yeah, this is fantastic. So, you'll have be selling tickets? Yeah, so tickets are for sale. I think we're going to probably actually sell it before the event. Um, it's pretty limited capacity, and we're not actually sure what our capacity is. So, there might be more tickets available once we get our, our total capacity numbers from the so open source. We'll have some link there for those. Yeah, open source.live. You just search open source.
0: So, yeah. caveat there may not be tickets available by the time you hear this, but um, next year, potentially, will- if we're able to do another one. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, um, that's really fantastic. Um, I'm just curious, maybe
1: a little bit too inside, but did you talk to Dale at all about this and Dale Daughter? And we I work? didn't talk to Dale, but I have been talking to um, – Dale, by the way, of- is the Maker Fair guy for the listeners. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've been talking to the, the organ, the old, the past organizers, okay. um, Sherry and Louise have been giving us some pointers and okay. they, they're super well versed in the sort of nitty gritty of how Maker Faire worked. Cause they, I think basically, you know, developed it over the years they were working on it. And it has been so insightful because I've never done an event before. Like I'm familiar with events and we're familiar with, Right, you know like kind of the youtube side of things but like so we can like wrangle the online creators which is like it's like a school field trip with kindergartners right um it's a skill right there's so many things you have to think about like trash porta potties porta potties oh my god they don't want bathrooms outside on there so the sides are open to the ocean there's like 15 feet on each side we're not allowed to put bathrooms out there And so they're like, you have to put bathrooms inside. I'm like, I don't want to put bathrooms inside. And so I called the barge company. I was like, yo, barge company. I know you've normally carry trash around, but how much would it cost to rent a barge and moor it to the side of Pier 35? It was An extremely large amount of money. And so I think we're going to just either, uh, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but I really don't want to put bathrooms inside. It's so frustrating. We're dealing with the port authority, and I'm sure they're nice people, but they're just the stuff they're saying that that we're hearing back is just like, it's insane. It's like, yeah, yeah. like, well, if you put the portable bathrooms on the side of the pier, you might poop might get in the water if they leak. And we're just like, but if you get a barge and you put them on the barge, that's totally fine. Yeah. Like, I, (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah. what, <So>, well, <laughs> well, what Bernie man goes through with dealing with bls uh, right right You're yeah just, yeah like it's just, so many rules so much bureaucracy well, like, and, and they actually know. deliberately keep making it more and more strict um Ugh. more hoops to jump through so yeah um my you know our hearts are out to you and our thanks for going through this problem process of and solving because it is not easy and what you're doing is, is really miraculous.
1: I'm learning every day how much harder it is than I thought it would <laughs> yeah, be, and, and, and expensive. Uh, oh my God, this is an yeah. actual disaster. Not a, Okay, it's going great. It's going to happen. There <laughs> won't be any problems, but we basically have to do year two to make the money back. <laughs> exactly. These kinds of things are never worth doing once. No, no, yeah. I don't no. know. That's why it has to work. That's how you know it's going to be good because it has to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well anyway this is really great open sauce will be everybody will be talking about it i hope you can make it um, i'll see you there yes please and, uh, i will be I, you're gonna like it i think i'm actually when when i first said said it to you and you got excited that made me really happy because that's that's like exactly the whole point it's yeah, just, yeah. i know that me and there's a lot of other people that just so much like this thing that's impossible to describe to most normal no, people
0: right, right no it's it's our tribe it's our it's our sacred place yeah. Um, and if you need me to do anything, I'd be happy to contribute that way as well. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. I'll, I greatly appreciate that. Okay, William, what a what a blast. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This year, our Cool Tools blog will be 20 years old, which means we've been posting something new every day for 20 years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. You've kept this place going, and we are very grateful for you. With this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year, and I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So, if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools that you'd like to share with us, um, please sign up on our form on the website, and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking off, talking on a video, and um, you need to have some tools that you can show Um, We record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a video version of it, as well as an audible version. Fill out the form if you're interested and um, list your four four cool tools, and we'll see if there's a good fit. The applications aren't guaranteed in any way, um, and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um, whether the times will work for you. So um, we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world, not just in the U.S, although the tools have to be available online, easily available online. And um, if you are a longtime listener, you kind of know what the definition of our tools are. They're very broad. They can be anything that's handy, from something in the kitchen to something used to travel, to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guest for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website. Um, And we look forward to, to chatting with you. Thank you.